All right. Hey, it's really good to hear uh, the things that God does for us, and, and it's good to hear uh, from others what God is doing um, because it lets us know that God's not done. He's not done with us. He's still working. He still works today just as much as he did the day we got saved. It's just that he works differently for different people in different ways for what they need. And, and uh, this morning, as we kind of jump into God's Word and get ready to uh, go through this message that God's laid on my heart today, we're going to talk about being calm in the storms of life. Calm in the storms of life. Have you ever really been in a really bad storm? I mean a really bad storm. And the question is, how do you react when you're in that kind of storm? I, I know that, that for me, when I was a, a kid, um, when storms would come up, we always went to Grandma's house because Grandma had a cellar, and that's where we would go. Now, um, we would go down in there, but I never really was afraid of storms. Or just like, but, but when I was in junior high and high school, it seemed like every bad storm come up in the middle of the night. And we lived out in the country, and so to get to Grandma's house, we had to get in our car and drive through the storm to get there. And one particular day, uh, I was in high school, and the storm was so bad, we decided we needed to go to Grandma's house to get in the cellar. And we're going, and it is rain. I mean, it is raining hard. And we come in right into the edge of town, and we have this little blue Hyundai car. And when I say little blue Hyundai XL GL, I mean, it was about this far off the ground. I mean, so little bitty car and we're coming into town and we hit a low area full of water and we bogged down, the water bogged us down and died and we're sitting there and the water's raining and I started to get scared then. Luckily, we were able to get the car started and get on to grandma's house and get in the cellar. But the first real storm that actually was a terrible storm that I ever went through was on February 10th of 2009 in Lone Grove when that uh, F4 tornado came through town. And, and I can remember being in that situation, being in the church, lots of people had come in because we were kind of a community shelter. They were lining our hallway. Um, Jenna was in my office uh, with several others that were there. And there was this this lady who was there had been at the women's Bible study we were having, and her little girl was there, and they were there in my office, and I can remember when the electricity went out, and the last thing we heard on the radio before the electricity went out was large tornado on the ground coming, to the, coming in the edge of Lone Grove. That's, and as soon as they said that, everything went off. And I can remember the, the fear that was in that room, but particularly in that little girl who looked at her mom, and she was crying, and the little girl said to her mom, you promised me I wouldn't die. You promised me I wouldn't die. She was absolutely horrified in that moment. You see, when, when storms come up in our life, like in, in real storms, sometimes there's a time to be afraid because things get bad. But what about when we're in the storms of life? How do we respond when we get into those types of storms? Do we do we panic? Do we uh, lose our faith? Do we, or do we stay calm? And, and, and I mean, because we're all going to go through storms of life. There's no person in this room that's going to not have a storm of life come up. It may be uh, through a relationship issue. It may be through a family issue. It may be through a job 
uh, situation. It could be monetary. Maybe uh, you don't have enough money to pay your bills or to uh, whatever you needed for that. Maybe not even enough money to buy groceries for your children. Or it could be a health issue, which is really common. We have a lot of people with health issues. But either way, we're all going to face those times that you would call a storm of life. Well, how do you react in that moment? This morning, we're going to look at staying calm in the midst of the storm, being calm in the midst of the storm. And to do that, we're going to look at a story of Jesus and his disciples in an actual storm, an actual physical storm. And in this story, we're going to learn three principles that are, that are there for us in order, when we understand it, would enable us to remain calm in the midst of our life storms that we will encounter from time to time instead of panicking or, or uh, feeling deflated or defeated or helpless or hopeless instead to remain calm in those storms. So if you have your Bibles in Mark, I'm going to ask you if you would stand with me in Mark chapter 4. We're going to read a, a story in Mark chapter 4 starting in verse 35 and we're going to read down through verse 41. The Word of God says this in Mark 4, verse 35, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as, as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Verse 40. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. God, today I pray that you bless the reading of your word, and now as we examine it this morning, I pray that I would decrease and that your spirit living in me would increase and that the words that be shared today would be yours and not mine. And Father, you would use them in our hearts and our lives to, to, uh, to just lift us up and to encourage us when we encounter these storms. Father, that we will remain calm in the midst of the storm instead of feeling helpless and hopeless and panicked. And Father, we can have calm in the midst of the storms, no matter what it is, because of you. And Lord, I pray that you would help our understanding of this today, and that you'd receive the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, leading up to this story, Jesus had been going around and teaching and healing many people. He had done a lot of miracles in this time. As a matter of fact, uh, he had done so much that, that the Bible says that great crowds began to follow him so large. In fact, in chapter 3, it says that the crowds were so large they kept a boat on hand for him to be able to get into literally so he wouldn't be crushed by the great crowd. Everybody wanted to get to him. They wanted to see him. You have to realize they didn't have sound equipment. They didn't have microphones. They didn't have speakers in order to hear. And so the closer you were, the more you could hear. And so everyone was crowding in to the point that he had basically been backed up to the sea and they had a boat right there that he could get in in case they overwhelmed him. So he could not, and that's the word they used, so he wouldn't be crushed in chapter 3, verse 9. 
Well, in chapter 4, it says he's again teaching, and this time he's not teaching from the shore. They actually put him in the boat a little bit off the shore so for protection for him and safety so he can teach. And there's great crowds that are following him, lots of things going on. And after he finishes teaching, he teaches on some parables. After he finishes teaching some parables, he tells his disciples what we just read, let us go to the other side. He wanted to go to the other side of the lake. And so they head out on the other side of the lake. He crawls up in the stern and goes to sleep on a pillow. And then uh, the Bible says that a, a great storm came in on him. As a matter of fact, uh, you need to understand, this is not just a rainstorm. This is a terrible, terrible storm. The, the word that is used in the Greek language to describe it is the same word that you would use for hurricane or squall line. Okay, and so this was a terrible storm. That's why it says it's such a great storm or a raging storm come up all at once. And it says that, it, that they, they were already basically taking on water and they felt like they were perishing. And, and that, so they go to Jesus and they say, hey, don't you care? You're asleep. Don't you care that we're perishing? And immediately Jesus does two things. The first thing is, is he calms the, the, the sea. Very first thing. He doesn't turn to them first. He turns to the sea first. He calms the sea, takes care of the problem. But then he turns to them and he questions them. And he asks them really two things. He says, why are you so afraid? Why do you lack faith? Those are the two things he says. Why are you so afraid? And why do you lack faith? I want to ask you the same question in terms of your storms of life. When you begin to panic, and Jesus would say, why are you so afraid? Why, are you, why have you lost your faith? And now, it's obvious that Jesus doesn't understand because of the questions he asks. It's obvious that he intended for them to be as calm as he was, but they weren't. So what did they miss? What did the disciples miss that, that caused them such great fear in the midst of the storm that caused Jesus to be confused and question why they were so afraid and why they lacked so much faith. Faith, what did, I mean, they did the right thing. If you think about it, they went to Jesus. They, they went to him. So they did the, the right thing, but their fear and their panic confused Jesus. And so he asked him, why are you so afraid and why don't you have faith? Now, why would Jesus expect them not to be so afraid in the midst of the storm? Well, I think there are three principles that the disciples missed, that we often miss, that we need to understand if we're going to be calm in the midst of the storm the way Jesus was. Number one, there's three of them this morning. Number one is they forgot, and we need to remember, his promise. You see, after Jesus had finished teaching and he is in the boat and he finished teaching, he immediately turned to them and he said, let us go to the other side. Now, that sounds like a very simple statement that doesn't sound like much of a promise, but, but Jesus specifically said where he wanted to go. They knew that Jesus was the Messiah. They knew that Jesus had done many miracles already. They had watched him turn water to wine at a wedding. They had seen him heal 
people that were sick and lame. They've seen him do miraculous things. They knew who he was. They knew that he was sent to do the will of the Father. They even knew he'd already told them that his time had not yet come, so they knew God wasn't done with his earthly ministry yet. Yet, when they were faced with a storm of life, they feel like they're going to die, and Jesus is going to die with them. Why? Because he's in the boat with them. And so what they forgot was his promise. Now, what do I mean by that? Jesus told them exactly where he was going and where they wanted to go, to the other side. Now, note, he didn't say this. He didn't say, let's get in the boat and ride around for a while. That has no destination to it whatsoever. Let's get in the boat and ride around. Uh, where are we going? I don't know. He didn't say that. He also didn't say this. Let's just see where the winds take us. You get out on a boat and you're just having fun, enjoying the day. You, you turn the engine off and you just you want to fish or something. You just sit out there and let the winds take you wherever they take you. It's just nice. And he, he didn't say that. Very specifically, he said, let us go to the other side. You see, they forgot his promise. They forgot that he, where he was saying they were going to go. So the first key to staying calm in the storm is remembering what Jesus had already said. They forgot what Jesus had already said. And for us, we need to remember what Jesus has already said when we're faced with our storms of life. We need to remember the promises he's already made. He had already said, let's go to the other side. They forgot that. They thought they were going to die. They didn't even made it to the other side yet. They forgot what he had said. So you and I are, I think, sometimes guilty of the same thing. You see, we get in the storms of life. And we begin to panic because we forget what Jesus has already said. You see, we need to remember that Jesus is always going to be true to his word. He's always going to be true to his promise. Here's some of those promises that you can bank on no matter what. Here's what you know. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4 that God will supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. Not your wants, big difference, but he will supply all your needs. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says that through prayer, God will give you a peace that passes all understanding through Christ Jesus. A peace that passes all understanding. But that comes through prayer. And so he, that's a promise. Here's another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says that God would comfort you in all of your trials through Christ Jesus. He will comfort you in your trials through Christ Jesus. John chapter 5 and John chapter 10 both tell us that Jesus assures you of your salvation. That no matter what comes your way, even if it's physical death, your salvation is secure. Why did the disciples panic? Because they forgot what Jesus had already said. And you and I, when we get in our storms of life, no matter what kind of storm it is, whether it's health-related, family-related, job-related, money-related, whatever, church-related, it doesn't matter. Whatever the situation you find yourself in, the storm that you find yourself in, the only way to remain calm is to focus on what Jesus has already said. you got to focus on the promise he's already made. Now, some would say, well, what about those that, um, you know, you're saying this, but what about those who die? Physically. 
What, what about those who, they leaned on, supply all my needs and, and all this, but they didn't supply, he didn't supply all my needs. Uh, my family member died. That, that's not supplying their needs. They're, they're dead. No, you, you misunderstand. Because those people who die, even if it's through a trial or whatever, those of us who die get the ultimate let us go to the other side promise fulfilled. You see, the Bible tells us very clearly that you and I, when we become a believer in Christ, at that moment we pass from death to life. And so when our bodies shut down, when we take our last breath here, we take our first breath there, we immediately get to go to the other side. The other side. So even if your, even if your, your trial may cost you your life, Physically, how do you remain calm in that moment? I don't know. I, I can honestly say I've never been put in a situation where I felt like my life was on the line that I can remember. So I don't know. But I do know from God's word, if I want to remain calm in that moment, i got to remember all of God's promises. And one of those is, even if my life is taken, I get to go to the other side. That's the promise. Number one, remember the promise. Number two, the second thing the disciples forgot that we need to remember in order to remain calm when we're faced with storms of life is not just his promise, but his very presence. Now, some would say they didn't really forget about his presence, Brother Duane, because they went to him. That, that means they knew he was with them. No, no, listen, they didn't forget his physical presence. They knew he was with them Physically, what they forgot is what his presence means for them. Now, there are two things that God's presence meant for them. Number one, it means they weren't alone. They were not alone. He was there in the storm with them. Number two, which I love it, it's the, what they said, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care? Number two, his presence means he does care because he's there. And so what they forgot was what his presence means. Not so much that he was there, but what it means. Now, that sounds an awful lot like many of us in our storms. You see, when we face the storms of life, we, we don't forget about Jesus per se. We don't necessarily forget about his presence. We hear verses of Scripture, which are true, that say, and we have people tell them to us too, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Absolutely true. It's true. The Bible, Jesus even said in Matthew 28 at the end of the Great Commission, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We're promised that Jesus is with us all the time. That's not a problem. We don't forget that, but we forget what it means when we face the storms of life. Listen, we have some beautiful promises from Jesus, and one of those promises is his presence. And what his presence means is that he cares for us. And that he's there with us. Even when you feel like you're alone. Even when you feel like because of the storm you're in, you feel like the whole world's turned their back on you. They may have. You, you may find yourself in a situation where everyone has turned their back on you. But God hasn't. Because Jesus is always there. That means he cares for you. And that means he's there with you. He's there and he does care. There's a story told and I don't know, uh, I honestly don't know if it's true in relation to where I heard it from, but I've heard the story many times, and it's called, um, it's a story of what's called the Cherokee Night Ritual to Manhood. 
And, and what the Cherokees used to do, according to legend, what I've been told, is um, every, every boy, um, when they hit a certain age, they were taken out and they had to pass, uh, they, they passed from boyhood to manhood through a test. And this test was they had to be taken blindfolded out into the country, out into the wooded area. And they were not allowed to remove their blindfold at all throughout the entire night. They had to stay, they had to sit on a stump of wood in the middle of the woods at night with a blindfold on, and they were not allowed to remove the blindfold until the sun shone through it the next morning. Now, so you can imagine, I, I don't know about you, I, I don't know that, I probably still wouldn't have passed that test, to be honest with you, but that's what they would do, and they'd take them out, and they'd sit them on this stump, and you can imagine the noises they heard, the, the thoughts in their head, the, the wild animals that could be there, maybe even some human that would want to cause them harm could come up. They can't see, all they can do is hear. And they're complete, they're, they're vulnerable to anybody. And so they, and they weren't allowed to tell anybody, they weren't allowed to tell other boys about the test because every boy had to pass it on their own. And the way to pass the test and become a, from a boy to a man in that culture was to pass that test at night. And when the sun shined through your blindfold, you were able to take it off the next morning. But the key to that, was every morning, every son, every boy that made it to the end, that took his blindfold off, took his blindfold off to see one thing. And that was his father standing right in front of him, protecting him the whole night. You see, sometimes when we get in our storms, we feel like we're all by ourselves. We can't feel God's presence. We can't hear God's presence. We can't see God's presence per se, but he's still right there with us. And that's what they forgot. They didn't forget that he was with them physically. They went to him. What they forgot was what his presence meant. It means he's there to protect them, and he does care about them. And number three, the last thing that they forgot that we need to remember in order to stay calm in the storms is we need to remember his power. His power. Now, the disciples had already seen the power of Jesus before, but maybe not this strong, but they had seen his power before. They'd seen the miracles. They'd seen him heal people and all those kinds of things. They've seen his power before, but even in the midst, but when the storm come, they maybe forgot how powerful he truly was as the Son of God. You see, Peter tells us, or sorry, Paul tells us that the power of God is incomparably great for those of us who believe. Now, that's an interesting statement, by the way. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, if you're writing things down. Paul says that the power of God, and he says it very specifically, is in, incomparably great for those of us who believe. Now, the Greek word translated great literally means strong or great. However, that word obviously wasn't sufficient enough for Paul to describe the power of God. He didn't just say the power of God is great. He said the power of God is, is incomparably great. So Paul had to take it even a step further, and the word incomparably that's translated from the Greek literally means thrown beyond the mark or exceed or surpass expectation. 
Okay, and so what Paul is trying to tell us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, the full idea is that the power of God is beyond measure, and it is second to none. It is a superabounding, all-surpassing power, power that there is more than enough to protect you in that moment, to walk you through that in that moment. I was reading some quotes this last week on storms, and there was one that stood out. I didn't put it in the, on the back of my note sheet, but it said, when the devil tells you how big your storm is, you just turn to the devil and tell the, tell the devil in the storm how big your God is. And I like that. Because there's not a single storm this life can offer, not a single storm this life will throw at you that is more powerful than the power of God himself. So how do you and I stay calm in the midst of the storm? How do we get to the point where when the storms of life come, instead of panicking, instead of feeling helpless or hopeless, how do we get to where we stay calm the way Jesus was? He was asleep, by the way. That's like the, that's like the epitome of calmness. Like he's asleep in the storm. How do we stay calm in the midst of the storm? Well, you've got to remember his promises, what he's already said. You've got to remember his presence. He is there. And you've got to remember his power. Nothing is greater or stronger than him. It may take your life, but it will not take your salvation. That belongs to God. I like the way Jesus talked about our salvation. He says that our salvation is held in the very hand of God. And no one can snatch this out of God's hand, for no one is more powerful than God. So it may even take your life, but it'll never touch your soul. It'll never touch your salvation. And while you're here, you're going to have storms, and I'm going to have storms, but we need to remain calm in the midst of the storm. Remember his promise, remember his presence, and remember his power.